call me crazy, but I don't think things are happening by accident. Uh, or coincidentally, we are in the last days, and I think everything is happening for a reason. And on somebody's time clock, these things are happening. Uh, and with monkeypox making headlines recently, it seems, uh, uh, now it seems like many of the cases are with, uh, are coming out with uh, homosexual men and their relations. Uh, and so the World Health Organization, they said that people should not change their plans to attend pride celebrations over monkeypox outbreaks. They don't need to change their uh, plans. They said it's important that people who want to go out and celebrate gay pride and LGBTQ uh, and all those things, that they can go out and continue to do so. They don't, they don't need to worry about that. But with COVID, we need to shut down the churches. Uh, don't go outside. Uh, you better change your plans. But if, if something is affecting the, the homosexual and gay community, they don't need to change their plans they can do whatever they want to do. Uh, and, and so if you're trying to make any logical sense out of these last days, uh, know that things are happening for a reason uh, because what is going on is not uh, natural. It's not by man's doing, but I believe it is a supernatural thing that is happening. The, the spirit of Antichrist is active in this world. Uh, and he's been active for a long time, even before we showed up and all these nations exist today, uh, because the Bible, uh, uh, Peter and Paul and, and John, they wrote about the uh, spirit of Antichrist 2,000 years ago, present in those days. Uh, and so he's had a, a, a head start on us all. And so how much more evident does it need to be uh, when righteousness is ridiculed and, and churches are targeted and the word of God is mocked, but uh, homosexual community, they can do whatever they want. We don't want to shut them down, but we'll shut uh, anybody, else's down, anybody else down. That is the work of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist in these last days. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How can the people, those people do that, uh, do the things that they do? Well, the spirit of Antichrist. How is it that they are passing those laws? And don't they know any better? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Spirit of Antichrist. How is it that evil is celebrated and good is mocked? Spirit of Antichrist. If you are living in these last days and nothing seems to make sense, know that it is a spiritual thing that is happening. Uh, and so don't get frustrated at the actions of, of ungodly men and ungodly women uh, because they are not redeemed. Uh, they don't fear God. They don't care about the Bible or what it has to say. Uh, and they are being led and influenced by the spirit of Antichrist. So, of course, it's going to go against everything that we stand for. Uh, and unless our politicians are on their knees and weeping before the Lord, uh, don't expect their beliefs and actions to line up with our beliefs and actions. 
uh, because we don't serve the same God. They, they're living for the God of this world, and we are living for the God of heaven. And what do we pray? We pray, thy kingdom come, Lord. Uh, thy will be done, Lord, in earth as it is in heaven, because we don't like the way things are going here because it's operating by a different, uh, different God, a different spirit, uh, and then, then uh, the God of heaven. And, and so... Um, this, the, the God of this world is going to be kicked off his throne soon. And then the King of kings and the Lord of lords is going to sit and rule this world. Uh, that is who we serve. We are on the winning side. It may not seem like it all the time, and it may not seem like it in these last days, but we are on the winning side. Uh, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church because we have the Spirit of God and we have uh, the victory uh, on our side. Uh, if you look at the, the people of God in Scripture, uh, almost every time, probably nearly every time, they were always outnumbered. Uh, it, it seems like they were the, the smallest of, of the army and the smallest of the people. But uh, God is not concerned with our numbers and how we measure things or success. Uh, God does what he wants to do. He is sovereign, and his will is going to be done. Uh, not the devil's will. God's will is going to be done. And we have to put our faith and trust in the word of God, uh, even in these last days when it seems like it's getting darker and darker, because uh, it is. Uh, and so uh, there, there's so many things going on in this world, but to, to get a pulse on, uh, on the timeline of, of end-time events is you got you to gotta focus on Israel and, and, and the surrounding nations over there because that's really where this whole world is coming to together and coming to meet is over there. Uh, and so we've been talking about the invasion of Israel and Ezekiel uh, his vision and prophecy of the last days, um, and it mentioned how God had said that he was going to put hooks in their jaws um, and, and draw them into the land of Israel, uh, and all the while, Gog and Magog and, and all those uh, peoples, uh, they, they are saying that they are doing this on their own accord, uh, their own desires, um, and so Ezekiel 38 and 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof say, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey and to carry away silver and gold and to take away cattle and goods to take great spoil? These are these people, uh, these countries that are speaking to this invasion uh, into Israel. Uh, and they're saying, "Are you? Have you come to take spoil?" Uh, they're 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 on the sidelines. They're not a part of it, but they're talking to this massive end time army, uh, saying, "Yeah, are you've come to take spoil and to carry away silver and gold?" Uh, so this invasion into Israel and Jerusalem is not going to be uh, just because they don't like the Jews. Uh, they will be coming for resources. Um, and, and silver and gold and take away great spoil. Um, as many wars are started, started and fought over our resources. Uh, if you've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of something that somebody else wants, uh, and if they think they're more powerful than you, then they'll come and, and, and take it or, or try to take it. Uh, and so uh, obviously you have this, uh, this uh, animosity towards uh, Jews and Israel always, and it's always been here and always will be. 
Um, uh, and so, uh, obviously, a, 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 a pure hatred for somebody can cause somebody to uh, invade uh, the, the nation. But uh, uh, it really helps if there are more resources, if there are things available that you can grab and take while you're in there, right? Uh, and so, uh, Israel's resources uh, seem to be to be drawing Gog and Magog and all these armies because these these people, these countries are saying, are you come to take spoil, to take silver and gold and all these things? And so just over 100 years ago, Mark Twain described it as a desolate wasteland. Didn't even see any people over there in Israel. Uh, but um, now uh, what, what, what army or what nation would invade a, a wasteland? Nobody would waste their time, right? If there's nothing there, we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna waste our resources invading that land. And so, uh, you know, 100 plus years ago, it was viewed as a wasteland. Uh, it's free to take, uh, free land, but nobody took it because it is viewed as there's nothing there. Uh, now, all of a sudden, the people of uh, God come back, and it begins to flourish and, and blossom, uh, and resources are being discovered and. What is uh, one of the most valuable resources out there is, is gold. Um, and nations are buying up tons and tons of gold in these last days uh, because dollars will perish and, and become worthless and be devalued. But gold, gold always keeps its value and even increases in value when there's less of it available. And, and so what is... Uh, what is, I, I believe, what is the, the wealthiest nation of all time? I would submit to you that Israel at one point was the wealthiest nation of the, on the, in the face of the earth. Because when, when King Solomon ruled in, in 1 Kings 10, so King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and wisdom. And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which had God had put in his heart. And they had brought every man his present, vessels of silver, vessels of gold, garments and armor, spices, horses, mules, a rate year by year. Isn't it amazing that what happens to a nation that seeks after God and, and puts God's commandments first and, and submits themselves to the word of God, what happens is that nation gets exalted and lifted up because God exalts that nation because they are living according to the word of God. And, and all the kings of the earth will want to come to see that nation, be, why it's so blessed. This is the pinnacle of, of the nation of Israel when Solomon was reigning. Uh, the Bible tells us he, was, he exceeded all the kings of the earth and they all wanted to come and see uh, the blessings uh, of the Lord, and they also sent tribute and, and gold and sent all of these things every year, the Bible says. So Israel became the center of the world under Solomon and, and became so wealthy. Uh, there was so much silver and gold there that Second Chronicles uh, tells us the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones. And cedar trees, maybe as sycamore trees that are in the, in the valley for uh, abundance. And so there was so much silver and gold in King Solomon's day that it was just like rocks everywhere. I mean, just, can you imagine 
there's just so much gold coins and silver coins that it, it, it doesn't mean anything. Now if you throw a gold coin out in the street, people would kill each other. People kill each other over McDonald's orders. Can you imagine throwing a gold coin out there worth thousands of dollars? Uh, and, and there was so much gold then that it, it was just so common as stones. Uh, well, what happened to all that gold? If there was so much of it, what happened to it all? Obviously, as time goes on, uh, more, it begins to disappear, whatever which way. And we know that Jerusalem was invaded and conquered in 586 by King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the, the golden pieces uh, and furniture of the temple were taken. Um, but I, I don't think that the, the corrupt kings and people just kind of let all their stockpiles of gold and silver say, hey, Oh, you're coming to invade us here. Here's all of our gold and silver. Um, I would think that they would probably hide some of it. Uh, if you know somebody is coming, the enemy is coming in, you're going to hide the things that you can hide at least, at least try to. And so we know at one point Israel probably had the most gold reserves in all the world because they were blessed by God. Uh, and so that would be a good reason uh, to invade a country, right? They got lots of gold. And uh, remember what was prophesied about the, the, those invading armies. They said, are you going to come to take spoil? Are you going to come and, and to take gold and silver and, and, and great spoil? So in the last days, it, uh, Israel would have to be known as a place that has a lot of resources, uh, a lot of great spoil that Gog will want to invade Israel for. And if you put up picture number one, uh, here's a, uh, a headline articles. Uh, billions of dollars of gold is discovered under uh, Elite Mountains uh, in Israel. Uh, they want to be, they say to use them to rebuild the temple. Uh, so archaeologists speculate that King Solomon's mines are under these mountains where he got all these gold. And this happened to be discovered recently. Uh, and so now all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, the headlines are, hey, there's, there's massive, massive amounts of gold now is discovered in Israel. What are the chances? Hey, if we want to invade Israel, and hey, now there's mount, massive amount of gold now. Uh, Ezekiel says Gog is going to invade Israel for its resources of silver and gold, and now they're discovering lots and lots of gold. The timing is rather interesting, isn't it? Uh, we talked about the last days, the major uh, city mentioned in Scripture, Babylon. While others say that Babylon is symbolic and, and not literal, meaning that Babylon could be America or Rome or the Catholic Church or whatever, uh, whatever uh, symbolic representation is in the last days. And I, I had mentioned that I, I think that Babylon might actually mean Babylon, the, the, the actual city, the ancient rebuilt city of Babylon where the Antichrist rules from, uh, and it's obviously it's hard to imagine this because uh, Babylon is just a pile of sand for centuries. It's been empty, but if you put up picture number two, uh, it says uh, Babylon is coming back to life with its famed Ishtar Gate to be restored by this summer. Uh, and so a, a new uh, World Monuments Fund project in conjunction with the United States Embassy in Baghdad aims to repair Iraqi uh, cultural heritage as part of the Future of Babylon project. 
Now, we all know uh, and understand the significance of a, a city's gates and a city's walls. And so what does it mean when the, that Babylon's most iconic and most popular gate, the gate of Ishtar, is now going to be rebuilt? And it's said to be completed by this summer, and summer just began. So uh, uh, soon uh, they're hoping to finish the gate of Babylon will be reopened. And so you got to ask yourself, why now? Why now, of all time in history, now for whatever reason is the time to rebuild the gates of Babylon? And a, uh, they also revived last year uh, the annual Babylon Festival. And this Future of Babylon project, they say, will help usher in new tourism initiatives designed to enhance the visitor experience and to help the local economy. So they want, they, they want Babylon to be revived and to draw people there. Also in, in Babylon is the temple of, of Ninmak, uh, the ancient Mesopotamian uh, goddess uh, called the Queen of Heaven or the Mother of Us All. They ascribe to her. Her temple in Babylon is also undergoing renovations to keep it intact. And so now... Uh, the gates of Babylon are being rebuilt. These ancient goddess uh, temples are now uh, being revived and uh, rebuilt. And so Babylon is coming back to life. And it's, it's rather interesting that the times uh, that these things are happening. Uh, another detail about Babylon, the Bible mentions in the last days, Revelation 18 and 17, it says, uh, speaking of the destruction of Babylon, for in one hour so great riches has come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto the, this great city? And they cast their dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city wherein were made rich all that ships that... Uh, ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. And so if we are to take this somewhat literal, uh, then the revived city of Babylon uh, will do a lot of business in trading with ships uh, because the Bible speaks about the, the ships and the, the crying out. And so what do you need for that? You need a, a, a big seaport, right? Picture number three. Uh, if you put up uh, the uh, Iraq's Alpha port to become the largest in the Middle East. So where is Babylon? Babylon is in Iraq. And now all of a sudden they're building the largest seaport at, in the entire Middle East. Expected to be done by 2028. Uh, and so again... Uh, the timing of all of this is rather interesting. It just so happens that all of these things are, are playing out and happening. It seems to be that if somebody is just kind of checking off the list, uh, all these things that are coming uh, to pass. Um, have, you, have you ever wondered why there is so much uh, hatred towards the Jews? It's, it's not just a, a cultural or religious thing. There is, seems to be a, a universal disdain for Israel and the Jewish people. 
People that don't even go to church will just talk about how they just don't like Israel, that they don't think Israel should exist, that they should just be wiped off and, and dealt with. He, uh, people that don't go to church, and even, even some so-called Christians don't like Israel or don't support Israel. Uh, it's why, why is that? It's because it's, again, the spirit of Antichrist, the God of this world, the spirit of this age, uh, does not like anything uh, that God likes. And he hates everything God loves, and God loves the nation of Israel. Uh, and so this hatred goes back even further uh, than us arriving here way before any of uh, the nations exist today ever existed. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And so there is a struggle, there's a hostility, there's a hatred between the, the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman, and not just a, a hatred between Satan and every human, uh, there, there is a little bit of that there, but more specifically, uh, the promised seed and the promised woman uh, that will bring forth uh, that seed. We see this... Uh, this is hostility and this enmity described in Revelation chapter 12. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with great with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew uh, the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them uh, to the earth. To the, the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered to devour, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Um, talk about enmity, talk about a hatred uh, ready there to devour the, the child. Verse 5, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Uh, musicians, if you would come. So the seed of the woman, uh, the prophecy states the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. And we know that the seed is Jesus of Nazareth, and the woman uh, spoken of is, is Israel. She is crowned with 12 stars, uh, of, uh, meaning the 12 tribes of Israel. And the people, the people that Satan hates the most are, is, is the Jews and is, is Israel because they are uh, uh, of these prophesied and, and spoken of, of the woman. Uh, you know, we, we as the church, we know he, he doesn't like the church. But I, I think that there is a, a greater hatred for the Jews than, than for us. Uh, because the ancient prophecy concerns Israel and her seed, Jesus. And we as the church, we have, the uh, Bible says when we put on Christ, we, we, we also become uh, the seed. We become the seed of Abraham. Uh, and so there is that enmity uh, against us uh, because we are obviously uh, redeemed and we are out of the hand of, of Satan. Uh, and so there's this anger and enmity with us. Uh, 
but uh, where the real enmity is, is between uh, uh, the seed, uh, uh, between Satan and the seed of the woman, which is Jesus. And, and so uh, you got Jesus and Israel are, are kind of the center stage of all this, and we we as a church, we're kind of a surprise. We, we kind of showed up because the Bible talks about us being a mystery hidden from the beginning of time. And so we're, we're kind of surprised in the middle of it all. And we put on Jesus and, and we're involved in all of this. It's why we talk about how the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. It's because it's between him and him and Satan. And we're, we're caught up in all this. Uh, and so if the enmity is, is with uh, Satan and the seed, and we happen to put on the seed, we put on Christ, obviously we're going to get, uh, you know, fiery darts directed at us, but we understand it's not really us per se, it's, 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 it's Jesus and his name and his will. But uh, there is a, a special hatred for Israel, for the woman uh, and, and her seed. And what is the, what is the one thing? that determines really the end of Satan. There's one thing that happens, and when this thing happens, Satan's time is done. He's, he's, he's no longer uh, uh, able to do and, and run around freely. Um, if, if there was one thing that you knew that when it happened that your time is done, wouldn't you try everything in your power to make sure that that thing did not happen? If you're, you had an Achilles heel, as they say, you would do everything you could uh, to make sure that that thing does not happen. Because you know when that happens, you're done. Your time is done. And there is one thing that, uh, and Satan knows what it is, and he will do everything in his power to make sure that it does not happen. Uh, Jesus tells us uh, a, a glimpse of this, Matthew 23, speaking to Israel the, in Jerusalem. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you that you shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So Jerusalem is left desolate, and Jesus says, You're not going to see me again until you say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And so we know that Jesus is the seed. Uh, he is the seed that, gonna, that crushes the head of the serpent. And so once Jesus comes, Satan's head is going to be crushed and his time is going to be over. And so the one thing that Satan does not want to happen is Jesus to return. Because once Jesus returns... That's it, because he knows, the Satan knows that he is no match for Jesus. Uh, don't, let the, don't let him lie and, and convince you that he is, he is powerful as, as God. He is not. Uh, Jesus is all-powerful. All, all power in heaven and earth resides in Jesus. And, he, and even uh, he has all power over all the enemy, and he gives us that power and authority. And so Satan does not want Jesus to return because when Jesus does return, that means his time is done. And so what triggers... What triggers the return of Jesus is when the Jews cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because Jesus said, you're not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Uh, it doesn't say anything about the church crying out. Uh, we can cry out to Jesus all, all we want, and our crying out is not going to trigger the, the second return. The, 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 the return, uh, the rapture, he calls us out of here. Uh, but when the Jews cry out to him in the last days, that changes things. Uh, in order, so in order to stay alive longer, uh, who becomes Satan's number one enemy? Uh, it's, it's the Jews. Uh, why is that? Is, that? is that because the Jews, why is it that uh, the Jews are always fighting against the, everyone in the world? Have you ever thought about that? The Jews are always against everybody. Why does, why does everybody hate the Jews? Why is there a worldwide hatred for them? Why did Adolf Hitler want to exterminate every Jew from the face of the earth? Why did he pick the Jews? Why is it that in the last days that every nation on the earth is going to come against Israel and want to exterminate them? Because if Satan can get rid of the Jews then there's not going to be anybody left to cry out to Jesus, right? Uh, and so, uh, and he will continue to rule and reign as long as, what you know, whatever proverbial time that is. And so it's amazing. You look back and you see that the Jews are always, people are always trying to get, exterminate the Jews. Uh, if you stand with me tonight, Revelation 12 and 9. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives until the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the seal and of the seal. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And so the devil knows he has a short time. Uh, he's on a fuse. It's, he has great wrath. And so he knows his time is coming to an end. And so what does he do with his great wrath? When the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. That's Israel. Brought forth Jesus. Uh, and so when Satan knows that he has a little time left... His great wrath, he's coming against this, uh, the woman. He comes against Israel with a devilish fury. Why? Because I got to get rid of every one of them. I got to try to take them out. I've got to persecute them. I got to kill as many of them as I can. Uh, I'm going to assemble every nation of this earth to come against them because I cannot have them crying out to their Messiah because once they start crying out to him, he's going to answer their cry and he's going to come. And once Jesus comes, I know that my time is, is done. And so I can't have the Jewish people here. I'm going to do everything that I can to get rid of them. And yet, to Satan's demise, his attempt to wipe out Israel, his attempt to destroy them and persecute them and to get rid of them, actually is the thing that backs them into the corner 
where they will one day, where they will look around and they will not see any nation come with their aid. And they will finally look up to heaven and they will cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they actually, uh, Satan's plan to try to get rid of them is actually what's going to cause Jesus to come back. And we, we know that once Jesus comes back, amen, this world is not going to be the same. Things are going to be changing forever and ever. And we know that that day is soon and very soon. Looking at the timeline of all these things, what is happening in the world, uh, we know that we do not not have much time uh, as much as he wants to wipe out the church and, and and take us out we know that he can't because the Bible Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church why because we have the spirit of Christ we have we have the spirit that the devil cannot defeat and so if we have the Holy Ghost he the devil is no match for what's inside of us greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world that's why he cannot take out the church because we have something more powerful inside of us but Israel Israel does not have the Holy Ghost, do they? So they're naturally trying to fight a spiritual battle. And we know how that works. That's why all these things happen to them is because they're, they're still trying, they're fighting in the natural realm, fighting against Satan who is a spirit being. And the only way you're going to defeat Satan is if you have Jesus on your side and inside of you. Uh, that's why we have uh, comfort in these last days that we know uh, that God is on our side. He is with us. He's inside of us. Amen. And we're going to make it through whatever comes our way uh, because we have something greater inside of us. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Aren't you thankful for that peace that passes all understanding, that we can call upon him, we can cry out to him, and he hears our prayers, and he comes and bees with us. Amen. As we close out tonight, let's worship the Lord and give him praise and magnify his name and give him thanks for who he is. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your hand. For your promise, your protection. Lord, we lift our we thank hands you for your spirit God, inside of each and every one of us. Hallelujah, Jesus. You deserve the glory. We can look and to you, Lord.
give him praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. We know there's no one like you, Lord. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Lord. You are returning soon and very soon. Hallelujah. This whole world is going to see and know who you are and how great you are. Hallelujah. And we give you praise right now. We thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercy, for the opportunity, Lord, that we have to worship you and to know and see you for who you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. It's, uh, it's an exciting time to be a part of these last days, amen. We want to be in the church, amen. That's where the divine hand and protection is, amen. And we know that God's going to see us through no matter what comes, amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.